Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. I'm your host, Jennifer McClure, and I'm so happy you've joined me today for my conversation with Zach Nunn. Zach is the founder and CEO of Living Corporate, a diversity, equity, and inclusion digital media network that centers and amplifies black and brown professionals in the workplace through narrative storytelling. I've been a fan of the podcasts, videos, blogs, and more that Zach and his team have been creating over the last five years. And as an entrepreneur, I've also been fascinated by how something that began as an idea became a single podcast, then a vibrant network of podcasts, web shows, blogs, and more. All while Zach was working full-time in leadership roles in HR, change management, DE&I, and strategy and growth for several large organizations. So I wanted to bring Zach onto the Impact Makers podcast to chat about the remarkable journey that he and Living Corporate have been on. We'll explore the significance of authentic conversations and the impact that they can have in creating a more inclusive workplace. And Zach will reveal some exciting new plans for his future which include making Living Corporate his one job instead of a second job, developing a learning platform using AI technology, providing organizational assessments, and launching the Living Corporate Collective, an online space for those passionate about workplace fairness to collaborate for systemic change. So get ready to be inspired, challenged, and motivated to take action. Whether you're a people leader, a diversity advocate, or an aspirational ally, this episode will leave you better informed to make a positive impact in your own community by creating spaces where all voices are valued and can be shared and heard. Well, welcome Zach Nunn to the Impact Makers podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today to learn more about what you're doing and to share it with the Impact Makers community. How are you doing? You know what? I'm doing great. Um, I'm excited to be here. Appreciate the invitation to join uh, your podcast. I'm excited to have this conversation. Well, you sound great as always. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and all of the many things that you do, or at least the things that you do that you want us to know about? For sure. For sure. So uh, definitely. Uh, name is Zach Nunn, as we've established, based out of Houston, Texas. I'm a married father of two. I have two beautiful daughters. I named Emery, who is three, and Amon who's going on nine and a half months. Oh, wow. And you got to count the months at that age, right? <laughs> I do. I do. And then our lovely wife, Candace. And so, uh, you know, look, my background is all things people. So I started off as an HR manager at Target. Then I was an organizational development specialist in oil and gas. And then I was an HR business partner at a pharmaceutical startup. And then I was, then I got into consulting um, and worked at brands like PwC and Accenture and Capgemini, and then transitioned from consulting into tech to really go into like go-to-market strategy, taking data analytics, um, and then leveraging that, those analytics for um, organizational insight. So I'm going to take your HR data, and then I'm going to tell you what their data actually means and what to do with it. So I, I got into that really, really heavily. I was doing that in consulting, but really like leaned into it really hard um, coming out of going back into industry. And now I am, you know, fully focused on uh, my own company uh, called Living Corporate. Uh, which is a, a digital media network that connects black and brown talent to the organizations that want to uh, want to engage them. And so by the time folks are hearing this, I'm going to be doing Living Corporate full time. Um, and I'm really excited about it. 
Well, I'm excited to hear that because that was going to be one of my questions. How do you do this while still having a, a full-time job? It looks like if you looked at your LinkedIn profile, you've got seven or eight jobs that are all current. And I know Living Corporate has just grown and grown and grown over the last few years. I think I supported the original Kickstarter. Um, you did. You when did. You, when you were you were doing great things then, but since then you've really expanded. So what has maybe let's go back to when you started Living Corporate. And you were working full time in a pretty intense job. What was the idea or the the spark that caused you to do that? And tell me a little bit about the journey since. So you know, it's interesting. Like living corporate, my intentional, my initial goal was just like it was born out of frustration and exhaustion, exacerbation at like just corporate DEI and HR initiatives to for inclusion, quote unquote, and diversity. It all felt really performative and surface and frankly, like goal, like it really seemed like there was like this undercurrent to really just assimilate non-majority or non-white peoples into the majority work culture, which just felt pretty gross to me. And I, it felt manipulative and it just, it just, it didn't feel honest. And so in the spirit of the handful of conversations I had with people that did look like me, that was giving me real talk about how to navigate work. I was like, damn, like, what would it look like to create an, um, an environment to flatten access to conversations like these like the thing about it is jennifer like i come across really respectable right people who are people i'm from the south but a lot of people don't know where i'm from a lot of people think i come from this really like buttoned up perfect two-parent household um they, they don't know that i was born like lower middle class and that like my family like we're sharecropper like they don't know all these things but i'm just saying from like a like a class perspective I think people are, and I'm also lighter skin, like there's colorism there. So it's like, I think people are more willing to coach me and talk to me because of just the subconscious nature of just perceptions of class and things of that nature, right? The reality is, is like, there are plenty of people who look like me or might look a little different than me who don't have the benefit of some of some person going, you know what? They look like somebody worth talking to, right? They look like somebody, oh, they, the way that they speak, they're so hard, there's like, People say all the time, oh, you're so articulate. They use all these terms to basically say, I'm one of the good ones. And I think because of that privilege, I would get access to have conversations that there are people who, the other people who need those conversations. And again, I, I would say like in my, at that point, I was working for like eight years. I've had like five real mentorship conversations over eight years with different people. And so I was, and to me, that was a lot. And if you talk to a lot of black and brown people, that is a lot. And so I was like, man, what does it look like to create a space? I'm, my profile is not that unique. I'm a second generation reader. I'm the first man on my mom's side to go to a, to start and finish at a four university. I'm like, there's all kinds of things. Like my profile is very, sadly, very common. So what does it look like just to create a space to have authentic conversations about the world of work through the eyes and body of a historically marginalized person? So that was the goal. It was just to like center and amplify black and brown voices. And had you done podcasts before or why did why did you start with the podcast to be able to hear those voices? For 100 percent, because I was asking myself, like, OK, what does it look like? Like if I want to have these conversations and then make them accessible to as many people as possible, like what is the modality to do that? And so podcasting was like, oh, it's probably a podcast. Right. And then people always said, look, man, so you have a great voice. So you should like really get into podcasts. You should get into something. I mean, I have a musical background. And so like I'm. Like I'm aware of like, you know, so there's some, there's, I played too, but so like there was some, like some breathing and things like that, that I learned that like really translated well into like speaking. And so I just got into it. Cause I, if, to me, it felt like the straightest 
the straightest line between the two dots. You know what I mean? So when was the first episode of Living Corporate? It was in April of 2018. And what were your plans for it at the time to just just for it to just listen? for it to just have people listen? It was going to be a monthly pod. Like literally, I wasn't even thinking like like I was like I just want because because and my whole thing, Jennifer was. I think as I go far, if I if I start with like very clear intentions and what I'm doing is righteous, then the other things will come as they go. Like as soon as I was talking about, it's so funny to your point about my like what's I trying to do. I told people I was making a podcast. Oh, you trying to like revenue and like you trying to monetize and get ads? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, I just want to create like a good product, quote unquote, for the listener. And then I'm confident that as I build consistency and building something quality, that other things will come into orbit organically. And it has, it has. So, right, you know, so we started as, we started again as a singular podcast. And then as people heard the substance of our conversations, they said, hey, I want to, I'd like to join the team. I'd like to add, I'd like to create a series on your podcast. Actually, I have an idea for a podcast. And so over time, that one podcast turned into like eight different podcasts, so like a network of shows, all centering and amplifying black and brown voices. Of course, we have Living Corporate as the flagship, but we have other shows. We have The Break Room, which is focused on black mental health at work. We have the leadership branch focused on executive level leadership, uh, executive level leadership and coaching for aspirational allies. We have Liberated Love Notes, which is all about uh, identity and wellness and wholeness coming from the perspective of a black a black woman. We have we have uh, including you, which is really more like a technical spotlight on black and brown professionals and like how the how the function and nature of their job actually works. Uh, we have uh, the tap in with Tristan, which is like more like micro tips, just how to navigate the workplace. We have the we have um, the access point, which is focused on uh, college age folks and like what it really means to just enter the workforce for the first time. Um, and so. We have a lot of different stuff going on, but like Jennifer, it wasn't like I had like this like grand scheme right now. Of course, I dreamed about I, I dreamed about the conversations we have reaching as many people as possible and those conversations being substantive. But that was it. And so what gives me peace and like joy as I think about like as we've been growing is that hasn't changed. Like all of our conversations, our, our tagline is real talk in our corporate. Right. And so like. We're going like irrespective of the lens that we create content from, it's always going to center and amplify historically marginalized people. And that motion is what then has helped attract brands who want to work with us because they recognize our ability to have an, a really unique audience and the fact that we're developing content that they do not know how to create and that it can be leveraged for other things. Right. It can be leveraged to help aspirational allies. It can be leveraged to drive internal employee engagement. It can be leveraged to drive brand trust equity in the market, because my goodness, you have the senior executive leader sitting down and talking to this young black man about real issues that you would expect them to kind of shy away from. But here we're being extremely candid. I'm not pulling punches. You don't I'm not I'm not giving I'm not answering you questions, asking you questions that you told me to give you. We're having a real conversation. Right. And so that level of authenticity um, and integrity, um, that brand that we bring, we have now proven use cases that there's organizations that value that. Sure. Now, so you have many podcasts on the network, but you're a media company. What other things are you doing under the living corporate umbrella? 
That's a wonderful question. So you're right, absolutely right. We have a ton of different podcasts. We also have web shows, live uh, events, like on different social media apps, like Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, and then we also have blogs. We publish research. Uh, and yeah, we, we also have our own media li um, photo library. So we're taking different, we have our own photos of black and brown people that we're using to like amplify our messages, but like we're not out here using AI or buying a ton of stock images. We have our own in-house uh, photo library that we're building over time. Um, and so, so yeah. is that something like you, you know, someone like me could purchase those photos to use in my work? So you could, selling sure. them? Okay, okay. Interesting. So, so it's providing access to people to use those things, uh, depending on the relationship that we have. And then we're licensing our content as well. So like we have content from our, some of our podcasts, they're on LinkedIn learning right now. Um, so, you know, every month we're getting a few thousand folks really engaging, engaging those modules that we've created with LinkedIn learning. So there's a lot of different media to your point. Like, I think for us, it's like media is just the means by which we create and uh, that we're engaging this audience and trying to be that bridge to orgs that want to work with them. We have a job board that we leverage for brands who want to partner with. They have jobs that they really want to like emphasize and amplify. Of course, in this economic climate, um, that has not been as aggressive as it was about a year and a half ago, uh, but we have that. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I, I talked about blogs, but we have a bunch of other like like sub writing series, right? So everyone doesn't engage in audio media. Everyone doesn't engage in video media. Some people just literally want to read. So I'm really proud of like the the suite of our content. I believe that I believe that for me, it's as long as it's all honoring our like our mission, then and our purpose, then I'm down for it, right? We're probably going to add different media arms as time as time goes on, and we figure out something else to do. Uh, but those are the things that we're doing right now. What is uh, in in the years that you've been doing this and all the different platforms and, and forms of media that you've been using, can you recall, and I'm sure there have been many, but maybe one either interview or a piece of written content that you said to yourself, it, it created some great satisfaction because you're like, this is it. This is why I started this. And I know yeah. there are many, but I want no, you to pick no, one. No, no, it's fair. <laughs> so our, our conversation with, uh, with Nicole Hannah-Jones was really powerful. The fact that, first of all, the fact that we were able to get her on the show. Um, and for people who may not know who she is, can you share a little more? So, uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones is the author. Well, she's a she's an award-winning author, uh, professor, but also most prominently known for her work on the uh, the 1619 Project. And so uh, on, on the New York Times. And so phenomenal, like truly um, like an inspiration for the work that I do as a, as someone who aspires to be a journalist in this space, having conversations, real conversations about the reality of uh, marginalized experience at work, workplace fairness, equity, leadership. I mean, phenomenal person, phenomenal author. And so just to sit down and speak with her, phenomenal journalist. And for me to sit down and speak with her and especially in in the at the height of attack of the 1619 Project, not only for me validated like, wow, okay, we're a legit, like we're a platform that is, we're, we're here. Uh, but then also we're just personally affirming in that the conversation was so rich, her resilience, her strength, her wisdom, um, and her, her graciousness um, was on full display um, and has resonated with me in the years since that conversation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, obviously, the world continues to change. Some some positive things, some negative things going on in all aspects of the world. But where do you see 
the focus going now. You've done a lot to to center, as you said, black and brown voices. Obviously, more work needs to be done there. You've got the attention of companies and organizations. As you step into this full-time role, what are you kind of taking? What hill are you taking next? So it's interesting as you as I as I pivot, like Living Corporate has been like my very strong side hustle for like five years. But like after like the past 18 months, it's been like my second full-time job. And if you think about like the content, like just the degree at which we're publishing, like plenty of people, like before I made the jump to do living, to really focus on living corporate. And that'd be my only focus. People all the time would ask me like, yo, how are you public? Like, because we were publishing at one point, like Jennifer, we were publishing a podcast every single day. We're publishing transcripts every single day. We had web shows three, four times a week. Like we have a ton of content. We have over a thousand pieces of digital media. If you were to take all of our podcasts and our web shows, you'd have like 50, I'm sorry, you'd have 75 days of content straight that you could just play, right? And so you're talking about over 900 podcasts, dozens of web shows. And so when I think about, you asked me about this next hill, like what I'm excited about, there's a couple things coming, right? So Really, it's been the podcast been like primary, but like we've been launch- we're gonna launching some new things. So as of as of this pot, as of the publication of this recording, we're gonna have two new offerings that we're really passionate about. So the first thing is we're actually creating a learning platform, and so what we've done is uh, we've developed our own artificial intelligence engine, and we've taken that engine and run it against our entire transcript library, and then leverage that to then categorize and thematically tag all of our discussions. We've then taken those discussions and put them in an environment where you can search and query and then create custom content playlists of different discussions that are relevant to you. And then you can take that playlist and embed it in your clients and your organization. So this would be really great for like a learning and development team or an HR team or a DEI team looking for a different type of, I'm gonna say like leadership training, DEI training, because it's not me like lecturing you about something or talking to you and talking to you in theory. It's me letting you sit in on a very real conversation about effective inclusive leadership or about supporting trans identity or about how to build an effective ERG, ERG program. Like it's tangible, it's actionable content for businesses to use. And so that's going to be an annual subscription that we offer to organizations of any and all sizes. Uh, The content itself also has international lenses because we've had conversations with international leaders and um, and folks across the pond. And so, you know, it's applicable to a wide array of organizations and frankly can solve a lot. So we have that that we're we're launching. We've already launched um, the fact our, um, the Living Corporate Collective so the Living Corporate Collective. Have you heard of CEO Action, Jennifer? No. Okay, cool. Should so I have. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna say this: CEO Action is like this this space that was really created by Price Waterhouse Coopers, and it basically they invite CEOs to sign a pledge, and then that's kind of it. A pledge against racism, and they're supposed to be meeting and kind of having conversations. They talk a lot about the problems. The Living Corporate Collective aims to be a space that doesn't just like admire the problem, but actually collects and organizes to solve and share insights and resources 
and thought leadership amongst the collective on how to actually mobilize things forward. Right. So we're going to be having monthly conversations on the future of AI and its impact on workplace fairness. We're going to be having dialogue around how to set your your budget for 2024. How do you navigate and make sure that your that your initiatives are relevant to the broader organization? So it's a space really invite only for HR leaders, executives, DEI professionals and thought leaders focused on workplace fairness or who at least have some desire to be in the know and have some of the most current conversations and, and, and dialogue and information as they set their own organizational strategy. And so that's going to be a space that I'm really passionate about uh, growing and developing. Shanisha White, Dr. Shanisha White um, is going to be the person who's really going to be managing that community. But when I think about like, like, again, like a domain, like another, like a thing that we're doing outside of our podcast network. So we talked about um, our learning platform. We've talked about the Living Corporate Collective. And then another thing that we're doing is organizational assessment. So I told you before that I come from, from consulting, uh, organizational transformation, DEI consulting, change management really was really like the umbrella, all of those things sat under. And so I have my own experience in building analytical uh, organizational uh, assessment tools. So essentially Living Corporate's gonna, Living Corporate has the capability as, you're, as people listening to this, you can work with us share your HRIS data with us. We'll then take it after about a week and a half, come back to you with an interactive dashboard, a recommendations, a roadmap, and a risk a risk assessment analysis of like, based on your data, here's where you're at and here's where you need to go, right? And so between those things, Jennifer, like I'm gonna have my hands very full. I'm thankful for the team that we have, uh, but we have a, and we're gonna have a lot going on, right? And so, you know, I would invite anybody who's listening to this, especially, um, in your community to join the Living Corporate Collective. If you're an HR professional, if you're a DEI professional, if you're a, a leader, just focused on wanting real, real resources and having real safe spaces to have those conversations. I know there's some sensitivity about, especially in this moment where it feels like everything's illegal. Like, what does it really look like to have a space where you can have real dialogue about what's happening in your organization with other like-minded leaders and professionals or similarly minded, right? Because no one's like-minded, but similarly minded uh, leaders, thought leaders and professionals and also glean insight from them and not and not worry about that being, I don't know, leveraged as a cudgel against you. Uh, the Living Corporate Collective is, is there for you. So I'm excited about that for sure. I'm I'm excited about that. Hearing about that, thank you for sharing that. But is it more like um, so? I sign up. It's a membership community platform, and then I can choose to engage with content or get involved in forum discussions. Tell me a little bit more about how someone like me, who how do you, what's your term? Aspirational ally? Is that yes, yes. Uh, aspirational ally. I I aspire to be a good ally, so I need to learn and educate myself. Is this the place for me to go? A thousand percent. So like, it's actually like, Jennifer, it's perfect for, it's perfect for a profile like yours. Um, and I'll say it this way, right? With a smile on my face, like the well-meaning, we really want the well-meaning white folks who are trying to do what's right and trying to be an advocate for what is right in and around the world of work. And so absolutely, um, you register, you're a member, no cost, no fee, none of that literally just asking for your email and your stuff so we can set you up in the system. And then absolutely, um, every month we're going to have some incredible top dialogue topics. You know, I already talked about, again, like this, this the future of AI and workplace fairness is like an example, uh, but it's going to be all types of just monthly dialogue. There's going to be forums to like share thoughts and conversation, have that dialogue back and forth. There'll be space for members to coordinate and collaborate and communicate. There'll be space for, Jennifer, let's say you, 
may want to present something uh, one of the months. There'll be space for you to share some of your thoughts or to come to the collective with questions or with a problem, like a case, for then for there to be a collective discussion um, on solutioning around that case and then you giving that feedback. So it's really meant to be like truly communal. And I think like, yeah, I don't know, like some of this, like some, some of like our culture, like American culture, Western culture is so individualistic. And I think that like HR and DEI when done well can be really jarring because it it in at in it in its core is fundamentally not like you're thinking and caring about people. You're thinking and caring about like the systemic group and how we're actually going to create impact and motion moving forward. So I imagine that it might take a little bit of time for members to really get comfortable in a space like that because because it it doesn't it won't work without a high degree of collaboration and trust and willingness to share. And our job, as I think about Living Corporate and the Living Corporate Collective and like the team, Dr. White, the people that are like managed, like who are gonna be really day-to-day managing it is to make sure that we're like continuing to cultivate that culture because it really truly will be, you truly will get in what, you will get out what you put in. Mm -hmm. Is it, and I hate to sound like I'm centering myself, maybe I am, but I'm always interested in opportunities where I can learn and some of that will be through mistakes. Uh, you know, I imagine if it hasn't happened already, some of these aspirational allies will go into this community or collective and maybe say something that is incorrect or inappropriate. Will it be, or how will you make that a safe space? Because I know during like, especially around the time of George Floyd's murder, when a lot more people were talking about these topics than used to, there was a lot of conversation, particularly I think from the black community. And I was paying attention about don't ask me to do the emotional labor of teaching you. You can go find this information and learn how to be an ally. And I, I think, to be honest, I, I found that a little frustrating because I'm here saying I want to learn and you're saying, go figure it out. And again, not everybody said that. So is this a place where I can go learn? And if I say something wrong, I won't be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things uh, the, to, to directly answer your question. Absolutely. It's a space for you to ask the questions, learn from one another and have those dialogues because you're talking to other DEI thought leaders and, and practitioners and HR professionals and things of that nature. Right. So the community itself should be one that creates uplift for everybody and space to learn and also make mistakes. Right. I'll also say this is part of the space and the work is about like being able to like take some of those punches. Right. I'll tell you like for me as an example, right. So I am a man. I identify as male and I'm still learning about my role that I play in the patriarchy and that I play in misogyny and I play in uh, not challenging those systems as I should. And sometimes my ego gets bruised in that because I feel like I'm really trying. And then like, I'll be told, I messed up, right? I think for me, I've had to check myself and remind myself that like, one, it's not about me, but then two, that like, we're operating from the premise of respect, right? I'm never being torn down. There might be some exasperation in some of the exchanges that people have with me, but no one's really trying to harm me. They're frustrated and they're telling me something I need to know. And I think there has to be that as well, Jennifer, like this like appreciation for, yeah, you got to Google that or you got to look that up. At the same time, like we recognize there's still a, a bit of a void. And so that's where Living Corporate Collective comes. I'll also say this, right? Like not to you specifically, but like, I think that 
there are brands out there that you can pay. And I say you, not you personally, I'm talking about just the general you, that you can pay to help you, to help educate you, right? And I think that maybe not from you, but like that, the the frustration sometimes is like, I don't know, like, let's say um, I want to clean my curtains. I want to get my curtains cleaned in my house. Like, I'm probably going to Google, how do I clean my curtains? Right. <laughs> and so like, I'm not going to like walk up to somebody and be like, yo, can you like come show and look at my curtains and like steam them for me? And I'm certainly not going to ask them to do it for free. But a lot of times, especially in that and during that season, a couple of years ago, it was like, it was a lot of expect. It was a lot of like, hey, be happy that I'm asking you to clean my curtains. Be happy that like, I at least I'm recognizing my curtains are dirty. Come clean them now. I mean, isn't that what you want? Don't you want me to clean my curtains? It's like, yeah, I want you to clean your curtains. That don't mean I want to clean your curtains. And I don't mean I want to clean your curtains for free. You need to go online, type in curtain cleaning services, and then put your zip code and go on now. You know what I mean? Like that's, and so, and I, and so like the silly analogy or whatever, but it's like, it's just like, if you type in diversity, diversity inclusion consulting, or you type in training on data, you're going to get back a bunch of different shops. Now there's a whole broader question of how do I choose the right resource, which is super fair. It's super fair. But I, but again, I'm engaging your question simply to say like aspirational allies, they have to have thick skin. They have to be willing to like stumble and fail in terms of looking for something. Cause you know, what would be dope Jennifer as an example. I'm let's like, let's do a hypothetical because I don't, I'm not saying this happened to you. Let's say you walk up to me and you go, man, I'd really like to learn about, I want to learn about like, I just, there's so much racism. I just have no idea what's going on. Like I had no idea the N word was, was crazy like this. I mean, <laughs> I would hope I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I know <laughs> you'd be shocked at the things that people have told me. Uh, and they'll say, <laughs> so, and, and, it, and it, if you just stop there, I'd be so then I feel like, dang, okay, well, here's a book or here's, Bible, all right. So then it becomes like, but but for me, right? I'm not speaking. For, I look, I'm only one person. I can only speak for like a third of all the black people. I can't speak for everybody. But I'll say for me is that was a joke, by the way, for your listeners. I sarcasm, y'all. I, I don't I speak for me. Um, is is hey, Zach, this is what I've started. I've read this, or I've looked into this, I've looked into this. Like, I'm not asking you to be Google for me, but like. Is there anything else you'd recommend? Like that, that rings so much less lazy, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I was looking at, um, I'm looking for a webmaster. Um, I'm looking for a webmaster for living corporates, like ongoing website optimization. We have somebody now. And so. I hope that person's not listening. <laughs> I hope they are, frankly, at this point. They know they've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been waiting on updates for this, on this website forever. This is, your, this is your message from the universe person. They, yeah, this is your, <laughs> it's just your sign that you need to find brighter passion. So anyway, the point is, is that I'm going to do some research before I just come and say, Hey, can you do this? I'm like, I'm going to, and that's, that's all it, that's, that's where I think it comes from. There's this kind of sense of entitlement, Jennifer, that like a lot of majority people can carry of like, Hey, like this is about me. Come, come and do this for me, and I I can say as someone who was in who was in the same ministry as George Floyd. Literally, we were we were we had the same we had the same friends, and who's someone who whose father my father 
lives 10 minutes away from George Floyd's murderer mm. in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Those that season was exhausting even for me, right? And I'm in this space. So I really can empathize with like just the exasperation, right? And the desire to say, yo, can you just like go get it yourself, right? Like the it's in the pantry. There it's clearly labeled grab it yourself, right? Like I genuinely can empathize. And at the same time, I empathize with, with the other, with the persona on the other side and that, yo, some people really just don't know where to start. So like, what does it look like to create a space where they can ask questions, where they can submit things, where they can give feedback and where they can learn without feeling the pressure to say everything right. And what does it look like for that same population to not only just be on the receiving end, but ideate on ways they can leverage their influence and their voice and their organizational power for impact? That's the other part now, right? So like Jennifer, like to your point, you don't know a lot of things about whatever, but guess what? I don't know a lot of things about how organizations actually work and who has the influence. You're going to sit in rooms that I will never sit in. So what does it look like for, as you are part of this collective to just think and say, oh, okay, well, I can share this or I can amplify that or I have budget for this, right? Like, what does it really look like for it to be a true participation thing and for it to be collab? That's where the collective comes in. The collective is in the collaboration and in the sharing of information and resources. If the collective, Jennifer, is just a bunch of aspirational allies getting a bunch of free resources from black and brown people that looks and sounds kind of colonialist, right? It sounds kind of exploitative, right? There's the collaboration aspect of it, bringing these two groups together for a mutual symbiote, for symbiotic uh, relationship and benefit, that's what makes it into something transformative. And that's what we're really trying to achieve. And we're excited about it. Well, I, I love your curtain cleaning example. That's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I would see, I would be going, I'm, I want to pay someone to clean my curtains. How do I find this? <laughs> I wouldn't be looking up how to do it myself, but it's, it's, I think that's a similar example. I wouldn't also be asking someone to come in and do the hard DEI work for free, where I think many people were. And it was interesting, again, a lot going on during that time. I, I follow many podcasters and certainly people with big personal brands. And there were three, and it's often, I guess, white women. <laughs> we're, we're, we're some of the serial offenders, but three white women with big, big platforms, big podcasts, big um, organizations, big personal brands that I was, you know, I still do follow. Well, two of them I still follow at the time. All three of them made big missteps during that time with good intentions. You know, that that was not their intention, but they clearly said some wrong things. Two of them doubled down and just, you know, but I meant well, but I didn't, you know, but, 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 but they weren't listening to the people who were really giving them good advice from the, the black and brown community. One of them, Amy Porterfield, did an amazing job. She hired someone. She paid a black woman who does this work to come into her organization to teach her and her team what they could do to really be a more inclusive community. Um, also what they needed to think about, like in terms of her podcast, was she bringing enough diverse voices to that? So she did the work and she paid for it and she had the, the 
uh, person on our podcast to kind of share, you know, some of the things other people could do to learn from that. So it was a really good example. And again, they all three just happen to be white women, but a good example of, you know, one of them never really recovered from that. One of them sort of did. She sort of apologized, I guess, after a lot of beatings over the head <laughs> that she deserved. Was it, was it, was, was one of them somebody who posted something on LinkedIn? Probably. I don't remember. I, think I can't remember. Probably, <laughs> I'm looking there were many all... examples during that time, right? <laughs> but I think that the lesson learned was listen. You know, as I said, if I came to the Living Corporate Collective and I said or did something that I needed to do differently and the, the collective shared with me that what I did was wrong, then I need to value that feedback and listen and learn from it rather than try to explain away because it would be uh, in, in, you know, it wouldn't be on purpose. It would be something where I had good intentions, but once I start kind of doubling down on my good intentions, then I miss the opportunity to learn. I know, like you said, it, it's one thing to consume free content. I, I intentionally pre 2020, I think, um, I listened to Minda Hart's Secure the Seat podcast. And oh, yeah. Shout I, out to Minda Hart's. Yeah, I started listening to Living Corporate. And both of those, sometimes I'd be listening, especially to Minda's podcast, because it's truly focused on Black women of color. Or, and I'd be going, I am not the audience for this. <laughs> She's not speaking to me on purpose. Uh, and that's fine. But I'm here to learn. I'm here to to gain that other perspective of that. You know, again, people who sit in the same rooms as me often who maybe have different backgrounds, experiences, receive the information differently. So, so I think that is one way we can start with, like you said, Google for free, how to clean my curtains. I can listen to much of the free content that people out there put out. But to do the work, I probably need to either pay for a course like on how to clean my curtains or buy a kit that someone created with their own knowledge and hard labor or pay someone to come in and do that. And I think that's that's what I learned a lot during that time from both seeing people make mistakes, but also my own journey. And I'm still looking to learn. So I appreciate you sharing and creating these resources. And I'm amazed at what you've been able to put together and the fact that, you know, I have Disrupt HR, which is a labor of love for me. Um, I, it's not even, a, in terms of hours, probably more than a second job. But in terms of payment, it is a hobby. <laughs> but I can't imagine because that's still a kind of a one person show with a, a VA five hours a week who, who helps me out greatly. But the fact that you, from the beginning, it seems like we're open to really bringing in other voices and putting them on the team, and at some point maybe hiring people and, and building that out. I think it shows a lot about your your background and your experience as a leader um, and what your education brought to the table, but also you have to be wired that way to think about, if I want this to be bigger than me, I have to bring other people in to make that happen. So I'm excited so for you. Well, first of all, thank you so much. And yes, you're absolutely right. Like listening is, so the thing about listening, Jennifer, is like people claim that they listen a lot. A few people listen, right? Listen is, listening is like, listening is like, uh, it's, it's probably one of the most humble things you can do because the act of truly listening is a tacit admission that you don't know. And there's this, um, some of it has to do with the patriarchy, but just this, um, there's this pressure, there's a societal pressure to not be in, to, to, to know everything and to not say, I don't know. And so to listen, and then not only to say, not only, it's not only a mission that you don't know, but it's a, it's, it's also a, 
it's a request and entreatment to learn from somebody else. And so when you don't listen, especially in context around like listening to marginalized people, there is a certain twinge of racism that comes with that. And racism is not always about like, again, calling people the hard R or some blatant disgusting slur or burning a cross or anything like that, or even saying, I'm not going to do this because they're insert race. It's also about being dismissive of the voices and experiences of people of a background that you do not have. And so sometimes like when there's a whole group of people that come together and say, hey, what you did here was wrong. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, whatever, be happy I did anything at all. Then it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) what does that mean? Like, what does that mean in this moment? And yeah, you're right. Like that can definitely ruin your career. But like, I don't think that's you getting canceled. I think that's you facing the consequences, right? Like if I'm, if I'm, if I, Zach Nunn, black cishet man, create a platform focused on supporting women of all types and backgrounds. And then I say something and like 30% of my, my woman audience says what I did was wrong. And I say, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be labeled a misogynist. And I'm going to be told that that behavior of dismissing women is sexist (laughs) and they would be right right it's so funny like how so many of these lessons like like when we when we apply the 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 lens of gender to it all of a sudden it comes very clear but anytime we talk about race there's all these additional caveats and excuses and whatever that we gotta we gotta introduce right and so i just want to again give like a practical example for those who are struggling with that it's like you need to listen so a thousand percent agree with you. And then the, the last thing I'll say is that you're right. Like, I'm just a community person. And I realize that like, I'm not like, I'm big on relationships and collaboration because I just know that we're not going to be able to make any type of systemic change in these, especially in these economic and societal contexts that we have without working together. This is not the Zach Nunn show, right? Like, honestly, like some of like my board of advisor, my advisory board, has been coaching me more on getting my face out there more. Like when you think about living corporate, you don't automatically think about my name because my name, my face isn't on everything. You just think about the brand. And that's how really I want it to be because it's a community of creators. We have a large team with a lot of different people going on. Jennifer, I'm telling you, we built an AI engine. You think I built an AI engine? No, I have a head of insight that did that. And so like, I don't want it to be everywhere. It's just like, oh, this is my personality or a personality driven brand because to your, what you also said, I need this to live beyond me, right? In a hundred years, I still want living corporate to exist. And so what does that look like? Well, if all y'all see is my face, as soon as I'm gone, there's all types of brand equity that you're going to trust equity you have to, that that this company, when I'm gone, is going to have to create makeup in the market that they may never make up. So let me be proactive, decrease myself so that my brand can increase. And I'll figure out ways to put my voice and face out there more but that's really my motion is and my motivation is community collaboration and building together. I love it. I, I am learning from you and need to continue learning from you in that regard. Where can people go? Where would you direct them to either begin the journey of uh, accessing some of the resources you've mentioned today, uh, the collaborative, the, the media company, the AI engine, all of these things, are they located in one spot or where can we go? They're all located in one spot. I mean, so you type in living corporate on any search engine 
and our website will pop up. But if you really are a stickler for domains, livingcorporate.co, livingcorporate.us, livingcorporate.info.org.net.tv.fm, or living-corporate.com. So you type in any of those, right? And we got you, right? Wow. And so you, and so you, you have a domain strategy domains. as well. I got, a, I got all, I got all the domains, Jennifer. I'm, I'm, I'm collecting them like Infinity Stones. So, <laughs> and so I, I'm over here. Like I want to make sure that we're as accessible as possible. Yeah, type in Living Corporate. You'll see everything that we got going on. And then Jennifer, maybe you put some stuff in the show notes. I'll put the little about us page, and you can people can go crazy and look at that too. Absolutely. We'll link up to those things in the short note, show notes. You can certainly, as Zach said, find them by just putting in living corporate, but we want you to find all the resources. So please go to the show notes and check out how you can learn more from the folks at living corporate and also from Zach. And thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it and enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Jennifer. It's time for you to get noticed, create change and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review. 